Welcome to ASA Abloy's Security Perspectives podcast. Today's complex world, it takes a village to ensure the safety, security, and health of a facility. In each episode, we'll speak with industry experts about their point of view on the latest trends, technologies, and topics impacting the security industry. If you want to broaden your perspective on physical security, this podcast will give you the insight you're looking for. Welcome to another edition of Ass Abloy's Security Perspectives podcast. Really excited about our guests joining us today. I'd like to introduce Jan and Rick from the University of Iowa. Jan? Good afternoon. Thanks Th for having us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah. Why don't you guys uh, introduce yourself and your role with the organization and institution and how many years you've represented the, the campus? My name is Jan Bringman, and I am the director of Key and Access Services for Campus Safety at the University of Iowa. I have been with the university about 15 years. I'm Rick Crow. I've been with the University of Iowa Department of Public or Campus Safety now um, as a security system engineer for about eight years. Great. We're really excited about our conversations that we're going to have today. That's um, carrying on the aspects of the, um, the digitalization of door openings that the University of Iowa has embarked on the last year or so, in addition to a lot of the credential upgrades that have positively impacted their campus as well. So one of the first questions that, that we have is to get a little deeper into what led you guys down the road of digital, digitalizing your openings um, is related to smart tagging. So if you could walk us through uh, start with Jan first. If you could walk us through what led you to the decision to start uh, considering smart tagging openings. I think that uh, the, the initiative for us with the implementation of Simple K was to start tracking our, our openings better and our hardware and then opening studios made a lot of sense um, as far as an enhancement for even more information. Um, on what hardware and, and what doors we don't have no, any idea how many doors we have on campus that are mechanical because we had no way of tracking them and we knew we had a need to get that information into a system that we could use to help for future planning. Um, besides that we have a need to use the templates that um, for the design professionals in order to communicate the types of door hardware that we want per opening to communicate it to our design professionals in order to make sure that we're getting our standards adhered to. Okay. Rick? Um, to me, the big thing was really the, uh, the templates for the door hardware. Um, there's a lot of other benefits that we're seeing come to be with it, but that was really one of the big things is to make sure we're getting that hardware specified, you know, from our design standards from the beginning. Yeah. yeah one of the things that, that we see not only you know, with your campus, but at others as well, is that institutional knowledge within the door and access uh, facility management space, uh, the, the trends towards retirement and maybe moving into a different, even a different role uh, within the organization. That leaves a significant void, um, you know, within the facility management department when you consider the number of openings that exist and that knowledge is potentially walking out the door. And so, these platforms and we're excited about the opportunity to work with you a little bit deeper on that but was there anything additional from a resource perspective personnel internally that also uh, contributed to this uh, this initiative well yes we had um, a very talented architectural hardware consultant that retired in uh, uh, was that August of 2022 
<clears throat> and after we lost him, we lost a lot of institutional knowledge, but someone that had a very, was a difficult role to fill because of all the knowledge that he'd had from being in the business for many, many years. It also made me realize that I have locksmiths and others with knowledge from 30, 40 years that the knowledge is in their head and when they're gone, so is that knowledge. I need to capture that for the future of the university so we don't lose it. Mm. I think when when we when we lost our architectural hardware consultant, we worked together a lot on projects and that sort of thing. And there's a certain amount of his role that we could kind of backfill, but there was a lot of it that there's just no way. And as Jan mentioned, not only institutional but the industry knowledge mm -hmm. of everything out there from the work he had done for 30 years or plus being in the industry. There was just a lot of knowledge from the industry. I think is a big problem too. Now, if you guys were to look at uh, the roles that you're in and where, you, where you've evolved, um, maybe even where you came from previously when you started with the institution. What's, you know, outside of that institutional knowledge walking out the door, what other challenges um, do you face in your particular roles and how are you overcoming them? I think for me it's the building of the team and the backfilling um, of, of staff, but to make sure that we're putting tools in place that make it easier to to do our jobs. Uh, for instance, there's not a lot of locksmiths or architectural hardware consultants that are available in the market for hire. Um, we've started our own apprentice program and uh, we've separated out jobs and we've added staff in order to take on additional roles that were handled by others to position ourselves better. To, to keep serving and keeping the level of service up that we've mm. been providing or making it better. We want to leave the university you know, in really good shape. So as time's gone on, we have more and more initiatives all the time. And they're all for a very good reason and there's a lot of wonderful things we do with it, but it's the, the time management of some of those to try to prioritize and find these are the ones that matter now. and. When you do have you know change in personnel, then that's obviously a big factor. And bringing people up to speed and finding people, because what we do, there's not a huge pool. Just like with hardware consultants, there's not a huge pool of people. So finding the people that you can train and you can bring them up to speed is is really an important mm -hmm. thing for us. Yeah, and, and Asa Abloy's made a lot of investments. Um, you know, everyone traditionally may think of us as a hardware. Uh, an access control organization, but we've made significant strides in, in our software applications, right? And that's what, that's what we're talking about here and supporting as, as a partner at the University of Iowa is, you know, with limited resources and people retiring and the fluid changes that are happening on, the, on a daily, you know, landscape at, at a campus, the ability to implement software platforms digitally that will help you know, your organization do your jobs better and more efficiently is really what, um, you know, our organization is, is prides ourselves on. And we're, we're glad you guys also see the value in that. And, uh, and we look forward to continuing to, to, to work with you. Um, the industry's changed rapidly in the last two to three years uh, with a lot more software, uh, hardware becoming a mix of solution sets that help your organizations get, uh, move forward uh, with what you need to accomplish. Even with everything that the University of Iowa has accomplished over the last two to three years, what's next for you guys? I mean, what's the next initiative that you feel like can take your institution to, to where it needs to be? 
All of these things are going to tie together. The software platforms that we manage and the integration that's going to get us there. We have five-year plans and ten-year plans that will eventually migrate us from a secure card format into mobile um, that will eventually uh, you know, track our hardware and our openings and, and we'll track a much better job with SimpleKey tracking our keys. All of those things are going to roll together. By using the technology as a platform for us to manage the future, I think we're going to be in a lot better position, no matter what the personnel is, that, that this is the foundation that will secure our future for being successful, I think. Okay. And structure-wise, organizationally, you know, your department overseeing the key and access services, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that does not fall under the facility maintenance. You're under police and security. Is that, is that, that accurate? That's correct. That so one time we were under facilities management. So how has that shift impacted your ability to implement initiatives on campus? Um, it has improved significantly in, in the last several years. Um, facilities is geared for a certain service level um, you know on the maintenance of it, heating and air conditioning and plumbing it's a different world they do that really well when you're doing electronic security and and things like that it's a little different priority level to understand for for that and people that understood what uh, why it was important what we did and they invested in us and trusted in us uh, to know that that was a priority their endorsement uh, and their backing both financially and and uh, in their support has been the greatest impact on why we've been able to do so many initiatives at once with a small staff we don't have a lot of people but we can produce very quickly because our our department does not create an obstacle for us. They clear the obstacles that we would have had in order to get things as quickly as possible for us because it's important to the security of it's the campus. Just such a different mindset and priority list of things when and the understanding of what we do. Mm -hmm. With facilities management, you know, nothing bad to be said about them, but they do have a different focus and a different mindset. Since we've moved to campus safety, it's just a completely different, we, we explain something to them. You know, this is why we need to do this. Yep, makes perfect sense. That needs to be done, and if they need to bring senior leadership in, then they certainly will. And that's really shown on some of the initiatives we've been able to get done in the last few years. That's great. I know the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the silos, not only at your organization, but others, you know, the silos do exist at times. And I think the, the campuses that are progressive and can collaborate and, and work together across those departments are the ones that really provide a safe environment for, for students, staff, and, and faculty. And, um, you know, in addition to um, the conversation, Jan, you mentioned uh, mobile. Um, is that something that the campus is actively pursuing, or is that being um, something that's being driven from other uh, internal stakeholders? Probably being driven by our knowledge of where the future of the technology is going. I think that there's also, you know, people that will say, why aren't we there yet? Um, I wanted to make sure that we were prepared um, so that 
at each stage or transition that we weren't making such a great leap. Um, we had just done a credential upgrade and so while we were doing the card readers to handle that across campus, we also made sure that we specified that we were able to go to mobile so that when we were ready to do so, anything else, the future of wireless on our, um, on our uh, housing uh, rooms, uh, those were specified to also be able to be capable so that I didn't have to go back and upgrade readers again. So that's more how we are getting prepared and we watch and and talk to uh, our friends in other high eds and mm -hmm. watch how they manage what they're doing so we're better educated when it's our time to go I just wanted to be prepared so it went as smoothly as possible and as economically efficient <laughs> as we possible see it's on the radar and we haven't had too many people really hit us up for it but mm -hmm. as we know it's out there it's we've got these other you know, kind of prog you know projects that we're working on to get there, mm -hmm. and we just keep forward thinking with those to make sure that as we do any of those, that it's getting us that much closer. So when we do, it's a it's a smaller step. I have a plan, and that's, that's they good. don't know yet what they don't know and how it will help their business and what brings them revenue, which mm -hmm. is those students and giving those students something um, like that. It's so when it's time. Yeah. We'll talk to them about that. Yeah, I know we, we've seen a, a drastic acceleration in the discussions around mobile. Mm -hmm. And even where that started, I mean, mobile's been around for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It's just obviously when you start talking Apple NFC and, and the wallet, that accelerates and enhances the conversation. And students start asking and requesting for that, right? It's like they can use it in every aspect of their life and then in certain, they can't, right? And so it starts asking the question, why, why can't I use this? So um, it's really exciting to hear that the University of Iowa is preparing for that potential deployment in the future, which... I think when it goes, it'll go very yeah. quickly then. Yeah. And we don't have to wait or do in phases as there'll be some new um, housing buildings that mm -hmm. are going to be built in the next 10 years. And my eye is going to be on that being the way those rooms are deployed now. That's perfect. We'd love to be a part of that, Jim. <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> as, as part of this program as well, we obviously like to share perspectives of um, you know, security and what you're implementing on your campus. But there's also a lighter side to this program as well. And so um, I think it's a good uh, time to maybe get to know you guys a little bit better, have the, uh, have the audience uh, understand um, your backgrounds and where you came from, where you went to school. And so would you guys mind sharing where, where did you go to school? I went to a two-year community college. Okay. I have a um, criminal justice major with a law enforcement certificate. Um, I've been in the security business for one way or another for longer than I'd care to share. <laughs> um, from everything in private security, um, from airport screenings to running guard and, and electronic integrators, I've, I've come up through the business. I ran a mobile uh, or a mounted patrol unit with horses um, in a contract agency. It was the best job I ever had, <laughs> um, riding a horse uh, okay. and, uh, yeah, and uh, using them to secure a, a shopping mall. Wow. Well, it's, uh, you know, in a, before I get over to Rick on that, one of the other questions I always had is outside of the best job that you have now, what would be your dream job? 
this is my yeah, this is my dream job. But I've also um, I I have trained horses in a previous life, um, and showed uh, Appaloosa horses on the world and the national level. That someday I will maybe not do it for money anymore, but be able to go show for you know. That's excellent. Going to have to retire from <laughs> doing it professionally, but okay. Rick, so I went to technical school right out of high school, and. Um, after that, then I got in the industry a couple years after I got out of technical school. So it's been about 30 years now that I've been in the industry. I worked for a smaller company for 21 years before I came to the university. And, you know, from the ground up, when I started, I had no idea how any of it worked and got to where I was pretty much leading that company by the time I left there. And um, so then, yeah, I've, like I say, I've been at the U for about eight years now. And it's, been, it's, it's been interesting to see the other side. So we used to do a lot of the work for the university from the outside world. So then coming to the university to see, to really understand some of the things that you get frustrated with working for the, you know, for the institution. So that's been kind of an interesting thing. And now to be kind of, you know, managing those platforms is, mm -hmm. it's really been a, it's been a really good experience. If you weren't doing what you uh, are currently doing at the U, what would you be doing? That's a good question. I've been doing electronic for security <laughs> for so many years that that's kind of what I know, honestly, at this point. So it's, it's I can't imagine doing anything except for electronic security. Yeah, it's, a, it's a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. Only maybe move to Florida and work <laughs> on it more where it's a little <laughs> bit nicer. But other There's than a that, few universities in Florida. Yes, right? Yes. But no, I've, I've been in Iowa my whole life mostly, so. Okay. What was your, uh, while you were in school, what was your favorite 2 a.m. snack? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> That's a good Every, question. Everyone ran through like the Taco Bell or the <laughs> Well, and when I was in school, I'd worked a lot of fast food places just to kind of pay the rent and get through school. So okay. it was. Well, one thing we learned from this, uh, this, this session today is Rick's, uh, Rick's a worker. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, any parting thoughts uh, or comments for your peers? I know there's campuses out there that aren't as far along with a lot of their initiatives um, from a credential upgrade perspective to getting ready to deploy mobile to moving forward with opening studios and Simple K and you know the whole digital aspect of managing openings. What would be your advice to your counterparts? I think the best advice I was ever given by a mentor at the University of Iowa, um, I was frustrated because I didn't believe that I had the power to affect as much change as I thought was coming. And she said to me, if you can envision it, no matter what it is, ask yourself if money was no object and there were no obstacles in your way, what is it that you would do to improve things at work? It, my whiteboard in my office is quite famous for all of the ideas that I get that I wrote over the years and now they are the things that I am able to take off because if I could dream it and I wanted to do it I just kept tracking it and looking at it every day and never gave up until I found a way and an opportunity or a compelling event to get us there. That's great. Rick? So I think it's to Jan's point never give up but talk to your peers, talk to the other schools that, I mean, this is the uh, Integrated Access Management Summit's been one of the best things for us to, to not only validate some of the things we've done, but to also gain that knowledge from other schools. Because higher ed is a completely different animal than so many other things, and it's, it's really been good to see 
kind of where we're at, see where other people are at, and take some of the advice that they have, and to be able to share some of the things that we've been through and suffered through that I think has been a help for others as well. So I think it's that collaboration is just huge for us. Okay, that's great. And thank you for participating in the Integrated Access Management and Security Summit over the last five years. We're glad to have you as part of that, and you guys have been a phenomenal uh, business partner as well, and we really appreciate the partnership. And thanks for sharing your perspectives today on our Security Perspectives podcast. Thanks so, for having us. Yeah, thank you for joining us.